What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Sex with Kat and Mark. This week, we're going to be talking about mental health in the sex industry and what we can do to actually increase how we feel, levels of happiness and support within that industry itself. But before we get there, Kat, how was your week? My week was terrible. I feel like my mental health has <laughs> not been good this week. What has been going on? <laughs> So, uh, guys, just this morning, I literally, I messaged Mark. I was like, I think I have a cyst. When you come over, you have to poke my stomach. Legit. So, yeah. last week you were topless. This week you were pantless. Yeah. I'm noticing a trend here. <laughs> <laughs> well, people listening probably think I'm trying to seduce you. <laughs> Actually, now that I think about it, hey, I need you to check this. Uh, cyst. <laughs> And I was just lying down in my G-string. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> poke so, around, poke around near my, exactly. near my pelvic region exactly. and tell me if I have an, a cyst my ovary. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a message like, Mark, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, let's do the podcast first. <laughs> and then, yeah. But I oh, my God. Okay. I've been, yeah, I've been so bloated this week. So, I like, well, I mean, like, I'm quite fortunate that I've got, like, a fair bit of savings and things like that. So, I'm quite fortunate that I can take weeks off when mm-hmm. I want to. So, I've literally been doing – no work, no nothing other than just social media stuff because I literally looked like I was pregnant this whole week. Today it's been good because I've literally I've been munching on uh, ginger shots, like cucumbers, like peppermint tea. I ate an entire chili today. I ate an entire chili because I was like Googling. I was like, what helps with digestion? You literally bloating? went down the list. What helps with digestion? Yeah, and it was Google like, gave top 10. Yeah, you ate like, everything Yes, it was like peppermint, <laughs> like ginger, chili, like cucumber. So I literally just, I went to Coles and I was like, that's it. Let's that's load up on all list. of this. So watermelon, chili. So I came in and I just took a bite of all of them like, so and got my little like watermelon juice and my ginger shot from Top Juice. <laughs> Shout out one time, Top Juice. Has <laughs> it helped your digestion? Because the Google list helped. Well, I, I don't look pregnant. So like, okay, okay when you came today, I didn't look as no, you don't look pregnant. Because I, I said to you, I was like, I literally look like I'm pregnant. And you came over, you're like, okay, you don't look that pregnant. No, no. <laughs> um, maybe like, maybe I, like I looked like I was about nine months pregnant yesterday, <laughs> but today, maybe three months or four months pregnant. Then, I, <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. No, it was, it's been very traumatic. Yeah. Like I've, it's literally been like five days week. of like bloatedness, but um, luckily it happened now because if this happened like at the awards, like how would oh, I go no. to the awards like that, nine months pregnant? How exactly. would you do that? It's gonna be, we're going to have to just say. I would pregnant. have to wear, I would literally just- have to wear like a baggy. Like yeah, a reckon, really baggy dress. And sit, I'd have to sit. I'd need a, a chair on the stage. Because, it's really because pregnant, pregnant women can't so stand, right? <laughs> oh, my God. This is so funny. Okay. I wouldn't be able to stand all night so if tough, I had this like nine-month pregnant belly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so that's that. – all right. So that was been, that's been my week. Um, that's, yeah, that was just a random story. Um, yeah. So that's <laughs> – that's, that's, I feel like it's an appropriate episode then. It is because like that really – like, okay, I'm I'm saying it as a joke mm. at the moment. Just yeah. <laughs> But in all honesty, it did – like if you think about it, like it really yeah. did impact my mental health because then I started thinking – well, I mean, I couldn't yeah. work because I was like, there's no way that I can work with this mm. pregnant belly. And like, to be honest, most clients probably wouldn't have even noticed, to be fair. Yeah, Some I of them might even have a bit of a pregnant like, kink, to be th- honest. This is, this is what women don't realize a lot of the time. Guys don't notice half this shit. You know, most like, guys think my boobs are real. Yeah, dude, half the insecurities girls, like I've been with some incredibly beautiful women and some of the insecurities is like the stupidest shit that like guys in a thousand years would never yeah, even like, notice. Yeah, like, oh, my nail buds. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Like some super shit. Oh, this thing on the my, side my, of my yeah, thing. Or my like, skin is dry. Yeah, oh, the back of my ear. It's and like, what the fuck you want about? Like no guy would ever notice this in a thousand years. Yeah. And, but it's there as a mentality. Yeah, so. but yeah, exactly. So yeah. to be honest, most people would, well, most guys would probably not even notice that I was bloated. Yeah. 
But I knew that I was bloated and I felt like fat and gross and I was just like, no, there's no way that anybody can yeah. see me like this. So I just, okay. yeah, I just I literally, well, I've been hibernating. Yeah. I've literally been hibernating for like five days <laughs> and haven't moved Like because I'm just like, I just can't go outside. Like all this yeah. bloated, like it's just right. so bad. So anyway, yeah, very appropriate story for um, this episode. Yeah, that's no, good. We'll, we'll get into that in a little bit more detail then. Yeah, what have I been up to, yo? I... Okay, so yeah, I think we both had a bit of a yeah, we week. had a bit of a chill week. I mean, I did uh, I did like make love to some music on the weekend. <laughs> <that> I, <had. laughs> I went to uh, you came to the pre party actually, but didn't didn't come out with this. But we went to Pure, which uh, for those that don't know, Carl Cox came and played amazing music. Where was it? It was incredible. It was at Holden Pavilion, so it wasn't far <sighs> from here. Okay, but I uh, I went with my sister actually and some friends and. We we may have taken some substances, and <laughs> yo, it was it was fucking incredible. Like at one moment we were like two hours in, and the music is insane. I'm sitting back like there's so for everyone that doesn't know, there's like a stage like dance floor like normal, but then they also have like seats as if it's like a theater, like a fucking yeah, cinema or some back. shit. Yeah, exactly. So me and my said we went to the back, and isn't I, that a VIP area? I don't know. But oh, we oh you just went there. We fucking okay. went there. I don't know. No one stopped us. Okay. And I literally just melted into this fucking chair. <laughs> it was, okay. So it was fucking incredible. Besides that, yeah, I've had a pretty chill week just working, catching up with some friends. So um, yeah, I haven't been pregnant. I haven't had any babies. Um, so I've got nothing to report <laughs> yeah, there. Oh, I'm just, I'm waiting for my due date, honestly. Exactly. Like I'm still, I'm, that's why I'm in this baggy top right now with everyone yeah. watching at home. That looks cute though. I like that. I'm the, in this, ba- I don't, like, I'm in this like baggy, the like pajama. Girl next door. Yeah, pajama look. Pajama looking. Like that, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's like chic, pajama chic. Yeah. Sort of. And yeah, to everybody else watching at home, we've moved locations. We have. We've moved like, hey, we we're, we're on the couch now. We've literally moved from that chair <laughs> from <laughs> two meters two away. Two meters over there to into that corner. It's more comfortable. Actually, I, I feel actually I actually this. feel like I'm a bit more in the zone. Like I feel yeah. like less, like this is a bit more candid. I feel like next year I'm going to bring my pajamas. I'm going to wear pajamas. It feels nice. I feel like that here. shirt is probably you'd only wear black. So I feel like that shirt would be the I same actually, shirt. Are you- <laughs> Do you even do you even wait? I've seen you go to bed do, before when we stayed at Queensland and you were just like naked. Yeah, I, so I just I was gonna say my you pajamas just be, are me nude. Yeah. I don't actually I don't think I own pajamas. <laughs> yeah. So next week we're doing a nude episode. <laughs> so I know, you know what? I did actually contemplate that. I was like, do you reckon like I could do a show in lingerie? But then I was like, I wouldn't be able to make any TikToks from it. Yeah, that's the only problem. I feel like TOS. YouTube wouldn't care, but I YouTube's feel like it's pretty the, chill. The TikTok would care. TikTok, they're fucking yeah, they would. That's yeah. what I want to do. We got one of our videos on TikTok got re- like removed because we said ass. And I was like, surely. Shit. It would have been me that said it, right? <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm sure it was. Yeah, but like, I, so I beeped out like all the other words, yeah, like the F ass. words. Yeah, ass. Come on, kids. Ass. Really? Doesn't everyone say ass? Like, they so. say that in like The Simpsons and stuff. So anyway, yeah, yeah. we had a, a so community weird. violation or They're something so for saying ass. I was like, come, that's such a normal word. Yeah, legit. That's ridiculous. I know. I, I don't know how we still have our TikTok account, to be honest. Yeah, fair. I don't think it's going to last very <laughs> nah, long. No, it's not going to last. If you haven't seen it, we'll quickly see before they fucking take us down. Yeah. <laughs> because the amount of times I swear when we're doing TikToks is ridiculous. Yeah, so. follow us on TikTok at Cat and Mark Show. There you go. Nice <laughs> little plug there, guys. Check it out. All right, let's get into mental health for sex workers. I'm actually really interested about this episode because I think it is one of the topics for people outside of the industry that they probably have the most misconceptions about, both on both ends, where some people just think that every sex worker is some like traumatized, sex abused kid that's on a drug problem and Mm. like gets into sex work. Or it's the other way around where people just don't understand the prevalence of like mental issues in sex work or like what people in sex work actually have to deal with. So 
I think it's a really good topic and I think I'm, I find it really interesting, even from the perspective of a guy that has dated a lot of girls at escorts, doing OnlyFans, and just seeing the effects the industry has, both the positive and negative. Because even someone like you, I see the positive effects. Like I see people become a lot more confident. They have an identity around it and they learn a lot more about their own sexuality. And then I see the other end where when become almost like it's very difficult to engage in sexual acts after that, they become a little bit more closed off. So I know you've got a list here. I think we start from the top and work our way through. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, so uh, I do, I always, you know me, I love my list. So anyway, kind of the, the, how I've kind of mapped it out is basically just uh, some issues that I see and then, I don't know, yeah, we can chat a bit about those and some strategies like coping strategies or like further resources that people can go to. Perfect. So um, I feel so, I think we should probably chat about the, when you're just getting into the industry, be it, you know, OnlyFans, maybe you work in a brothel, maybe you do escorting, whatever it is, or maybe you do massage, whatever it is. So you're just, you're Mm. new to the industry. These are kind of some of the issues that I've seen people facing when I, well, or that I faced when I was new or like seen with other people when they were new. So the first one, um is yeah well i've got here so your ego versus what the fuck is going on so (laughs) i feel like yeah there's a kind of a mix of emotions when you're first starting out which is you get a big head at first because it's like oh people are paying for me yeah people are paying for me like i'm you know i'm desired and i'm important and Mm. whatever so there's like that you know, kind of ego boost, but then there's also like the other side is like you're a bit like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I'm letting these people pay for me. Yeah, it's this weird <laughs> incongruence where you're right. It's like this confidence of I am valued enough as a person for people to pay not yeah. only money, but usually a lot of money yeah. for me. But then at the same time, it's like, like oh, I'm they, selling myself. Yeah, they're using me. <laughs> am I just like an object now? Am I just getting used? Am I worthless in that way? Like, so yeah, it's a really hard thing to, how, how did you manage that? Like, how did you process that? Oh, honestly, there's still times even now where I like think about yeah. my life and I'm just like, what the fuck yeah. is my life? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just like get, like sometimes I will literally just be like, I don't know, doing my hair or something in the mirror. And I think about how, like a few years ago, I used to be an accountant and I'm like, exactly. I'm just like looking at myself and I'm just like, what what happened? Like, yeah. um, so how did I, well, I mean, oh God, I feel like, yeah, with, with, yeah, with the ego and with like, yeah, just kind of getting, getting used to it. Oh, look, it's, it, it's not, it's not easy. Mm. Um, I think you kind of just have to try, which I mean, it's easy saying this, mm. maybe not so easy in practice is you kind of need to detach yourself and be like, this is work. This is a job mm-hmm. uh, that I'm doing. And like, yeah, okay. And having your ego stroked by it is probably not a bad thing. Cause I feel like, especially if you're coming into the industry, maybe you're not as confident if you like, you know, a confidence boost is never a bad thing. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I, I do see some people that it does get to their head where they kind of, they can think like, Oh, I'm just too good. Oh, for, okay. So you think people. you can have like an inflated self ego where they start to look down on other people. Mm. Do you think that like affects their relationships? Maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, okay. it definitely can. So I feel like, I mean, we can get into this um, a bit later on, but yeah, I feel like definitely in like relationships, even just in friendships, like I see some girls like, you know, um, or yeah, even just, I guess, how they see other people in the industry. Like um, it's not uncommon for uh, people in different price ranges to maybe look down on people in other price ranges or people that do one thing, like maybe, you know, people that do OnlyFans might look down on full service or full service might look down on OnlyFans. Like, so there is that even just within the industry itself. 
Yeah. It, you got to be super careful to not base your self-value on those metrics because it, it, it can affect positively, right? Like if you're the type of person that's in the high end of, let's say, money that you're actually charging people and getting paid, it can be very easy to base your worth on that. But then what happens, yeah, when that price drops or when people, you know, it, other people have a higher price. Like I think you got to be very careful just in general in life about basing your self-worth on anything too external like this. Like it's good. It's great. Like it's, it's fine to get a little bit of a confidence boost from that. But you don't want to like overly rely on it or overly – uh, think about that a little bit too much because if it's not intrinsic, it's easy to go away in other words. Mm. Right. So, okay. That's super interesting. I never thought about it that way. Mm, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I guess with, with this, I mean, I think it's good as well when you're first starting out is to maybe chat with other girls, mm. um, just to kind of just get, get it, get, especially girls that are maybe have been in the industry for a bit longer. I found that especially when I was kind of thinking like, oh my God, like what is going on? And you're just dealing with all these mixed emotions of like positive feelings, negative feelings, mm. or positive feelings toward yourself, negative feelings toward yourself. I feel like it helped me a lot to talk to other people in the industry, other yeah. people that I, you know, considered to be somewhat successful and kind of chew their ear off a little bit, see, you know, hear from them about when they were first starting out um, and, you know, advice and things like that. I found like that kind of helped me. Um, but yeah, and also to just, yeah, as I said, yeah, this is, this is a lot easier said than in practice is to just really just detach yourself from the job and just kind of remember like, this is a job, like, mm. you know, it's, it's a product and a service just like anything else. So in any other industry, there are businesses that sell products and services, their competitors might be charging a higher or lower price, but that doesn't necessarily mean that their product or service is any better or worse yeah. or more valued or more in demand than someone else. Mm. Right. Yeah, and I think it's a good point. Like, I've never had a job where I felt like I was being objectified or used because someone was paying me for my service. Exactly. You know? like, exactly. You never, you, you don't you think about like it like that. You feel like that in sex work a little bit. Like, you know, I used to work at McDonald's, right? When I was making people food, I didn't feel like some kind of like objectified slave yeah. having to cook for someone. Exactly. Else or some and you or, didn't look at the people next door that worked at KFC. No. And then no, when you not. when you yeah. found out, like, oh, they're getting paid, which they did, yeah, they paid more than me. Exactly. But you didn't like, like no. you know, look at them and go, oh my god, I can't be friends exactly. with them because they're making twelve dollars an hour and I'm making eleven dollars an exactly. hour, or whatever. So it, it's exactly the same. You need to kind of you need to think about it. I think as any other job because it's kind of the yeah. same when you think about it. Like, like that it's mm. yeah you're exactly right like you don't feel these feelings when you're working any other job providing any other service any other product and the way I kind of like to think about it, even with the price points as well is like when you look like if when you look at cars right uh you know you've got Ferraris that are in the high-end market and then you've got you know uh what is it like Toyotas and yeah, what else the at the other yeah. end um, and I actually looked into this because I did a blog post about this. So, yeah, you've got, yeah, like, you know, let's say Toyota's a bit lower, Ferrari's a bit higher. But it the gross sales of those, like if you compare them, Toyota actually makes way more money in the year than Ferrari does. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, even exactly. though Ferrari's charging 50,000 times more than a Toyota or however much more it is, Toyota, the Toyota still makes a lot more money. Yeah. Just, it, yeah. just because they're cheaper, that doesn't necessarily mean – anything for the demand of that car right yeah true. um like as it or i mean the value of that car like so it's it, you can still absolutely make more money yeah. than somebody who's at the higher end yeah i get what you're saying like the it, it's a personal choice some people might choose to charge more and have like a very select few amount of clients some people might want to charge a lot less and be like super busy and working a lot. yeah exactly so, so it's, yeah it's you, you don't want to use that as your like metric a hundred percent like uh, it's yeah I, I think that would only lead to 
you feeling down if you're just constantly like looking at measurements like this mm. for sure yeah well that's that um the next thing that i wanted to chat about which yeah this is something that i think gets a lot of people mm. especially in the beginning is you come into a, an abnormal amount of money very yes. quickly and one day it's like one day you have nothing and then the next day you've got like five grand in cash that's just sitting like in your lap and you're just like what the fuck is going on yep I find that I see it. I say I, I I seen it when I first started. I mean, I see it now still, and I feel like this is what gets a lot of girls is that they just get caught up in like a very short term cash hit, mm. and it leads to bad spending habits and bad saving habits. So what I see a lot of, especially like when people first starting out, is they get all this cash and they get excited and they spend it straight away, mm. and then all of a sudden the next week it's a quiet week and they aren't making as much and they're like, oh, shit, like I spent all yeah, that money fuck. and I didn't put any aside and now I've got to pay rent and I've got no bookings and I see that all the time. I see it happen all the time. I think you see this exact same phenomenon where people win the lottery, right? Yeah. Like if you look at stats of people who win the lottery, like almost all of them end up super unhappy. Yes. And it's for these reasons. So I see this all the time with girls. They get huge amounts of money and then they just spend all that money right they're, they're buying shit they're spending it on drugs they're doing whatever and you're right because there's no constant cash flow there's going to be weeks by definition where you know you're like fucked and yeah you may have made like fucking 10 grand in the week or some shit but if you spend it all in the next week you don't get clients you're suddenly like fucked mm. again so uh, this is what we spoke about in one of our episodes with the accountant right is like learning to actually save a portion of that money because, yeah, you will find yourself in weeks where it's it's not as stable with the cash yeah. flow. Yeah. So um, I will definitely, I will, yeah, definitely admit that in my first like few months, I did get very excited and I probably yeah. spent a lot more than I should. But I mean, yeah, I'm quite lucky. I'm quite, you know, I've got a lot of accounting and business knowledge. Mm. So then I was just like, this is stupid. I, I did, but I did. I got caught up and I yeah, got I mean, excited. Yeah, even someone like you that has all that experience. I know. I, right? Even so me, it's, exactly. It's I'm an accountant and even I got caught up in it. Yeah. I just looked at all this cash and I was like, I need to go to Louis Vuitton now. Yeah. I need to buy something <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, and I did. And I like probably like my my f first couple of months, I just blew it on yeah. stupid shit. And it was, it was probably leading up to Christmas as well. And I was like, I can buy my parents nice things. And I yeah. just blew, I blew thousands of dollars on like amazing Christmas presents from my parents because I could mm. um yeah and I spent a ridiculous amount of money yeah. in my first few months but now like so obviously like I got excited at first with it and I was like no this is stupid I can't keep mm. just going to Louis Vuitton every week and buying <laughs> exactly. something which is what I did for like a, a few a few months uh and I was like yeah no like I need to like start saving and like luckily I did because there's definitely been times where I've had quiet weeks or quiet months mm. and been like oh my god I'm so thankful that I've got savings like like this week for instance this week I haven't worked all week because I was really bloated I, and I was just like no I don't I don't want to have to work this week if I don't need to and I was fortunate enough that I could take the whole week off and just you know eat my ginger shots and my <laughs> and my my lemon juice and all of that but I'm I was fortunate that I could do that and the only reason why I could do that is because of the fact that I had savings because exactly. uh, with a job you essentially have like sick days and you have the support yes exactly the, all this but when you're working in the sex industry a lot of the time you're working for yourself and you don't have all of those benefits. Yeah, you so need to have your own sick exactly, day money. Exactly, right? 100%. And because, your own holiday pay money. Yep. And even if it's not like physical sickness, sometimes you're just going to get burnt out and you need some time off. And if you feel like you don't have the money to match your spending habits, then you're going to be put in a position where you're like forcing yourself to work when you don't want to. You're going to become super resentful. You're going to feel incredibly burnt out. And that is when you're going to actually feel your worst. So having that money actually saved to allow yourself 
to have those moments where you can kind of just reach out a little bit and have some downtime yeah. is super important. Yeah. Um, and another thing that I see is what happening with like coming into abnormal amounts of money is, yeah, this, this is something though that I've seen with a few girls happen, which is they will have a, like a really good booking and make like a lot of money and then they'll say, oh, okay, I can just not work now for the next month. Yeah, I've seen that too. Which if you have another job, Mm. and like another income that's probably okay that you can do that if this is kind of just a side thing but if this is your full-time job then you should be working in it full-time otherwise and I've seen yeah there's like one particular like friend that I'm thinking about and she's like very bad with this and Mm. yeah she will she'll do one booking and then she's like yeah good I've got money for rent for the month and I've got money for food for the month and then she just won't work for the rest of the month and then the next month comes and if in the first two weeks she hasn't got a booking or whatever or hasn't made enough money to like fund that month she she, she stressing out. Yeah, yeah. Then, she, then she, you know, starts like stressing out and she calls me and she's crying and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, like you should have been like working for that. Paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. That is literally yeah. what so happening. Which, yeah, so which that happens because you're just like, yeah, I've got all this money. Yeah. I can just chill out now. Yeah. People don't do that in other jobs. In other jobs, you go to work five days a week. Yeah. And that that's kind of what you do. So I like you, I'm not saying that in sex work you need to work 24/7, but you shouldn't be just working that one day and then, you know, getting money and then just kind of doing nothing. Yeah. Because you wouldn't do that in another job. You wouldn't just rock up and then be like, yeah. "Oh, okay, cool. I've done my job and I can just do nothing this month now." Yeah, well you need that buffer, right? You need that security. That's the whole reason why money brings happiness. It brings happiness to the degree that is a buffering effect on stress. So you're not worried about, "Okay, do I have enough money for rent? Do I have enough money for food? Do I have enough money to take days off that's the important part so you need to actually build up enough of an income that you can perpetually not feel stressed about having enough money so if you're not at that point then yeah it's something you should think about yeah for sure uh so i mean i guess yeah my my advice would be to yeah save save money uh don't don't spend it or don't get too excited i mean at first or even sometimes like you know it's not not bad to like treat yourself or to mm. maybe spend a bit at first. But I mean, I when I think about savings, like I like to, this is kind of how I think about like how much money I like to have saved. I like to have at least like, at least enough money saved to fund my life for three months without working. Cool, yeah. I feel like three months is a good amount of time for any industry, like to yeah. have that savings because it's like, what if something happens one day and like you get, I don't know, like you have an operation, you can't yeah, work for course. a month or yeah. what if, uh, I don't know, what What if for whatever reason you want to stop working and change jobs and you kind of need some time right. to to be able to find a new job. So I feel like three yeah, months yeah, is, probably an, well. is probably enough time to to change jobs yeah, or to heal from a massive surgery yeah. or something like that. So yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's good advice. That's kind of how I like to think about it. Obviously, like that's not possible always, but I feel like that, like to aim for that, yeah. to aim for savings. No, I think that's good advice. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Uh, the next point that I had is, yeah, so, yeah, trying to navigate around new friends uh, and new colleagues. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, like, think tough. about it. If you've ever moved schools or if you've ever moved jobs, it's mm. the same thing. You're you're at a new place and you're just like, oh, I want people to like me. Mm. I don't want people to think I'm the weird girl <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, well, you want to be accepted. You want to make friends. And that's always really scary. Like, I found that probably, like, really hard um at first as well when you like especially when you do something like OnlyFans and you need to collaborate with other people mm. I guess it's probably not so much of an issue in escorting if you're independent because you kind of just work by yourself but I mean I if you're at an agency it's oh you know the other girl's gonna like me um or if you do OnlyFans it's yeah like what are people gonna want to work with me and mm. collaborate with me especially when you're just starting out it's hard to get people to kind of trust you 
in the beginning. Uh, yeah, so I feel like that's kind of really – that's kind of hard. Uh, I've noticed a lot of cattiness. Like the problem is you're in an industry where there's a limited resource that you guys are competing for, which is going to be like men's money for 99% of the time, right? So if, if you're working in a brothel agency, something like that, then yeah, there's an element of everyone you're working with, it doesn't often feel collaborative. It feels like we are fighting for the same resource. And if you're in a position where you are looking for that next paycheck, or you know you do have crazy spending habits, then it, it's gonna fuel that competition even more. Mm. And so there's motivation there for the girls to put each other down, to be a little catty at times, and to you know that, that's what creates all this drama that you often hear about. Yeah. So it's it's kind of sad, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure how you solved that. Like what. Yeah, do? look, I mean, uh, the way I always kind of think about it is you need to think about these people as your colleagues mm. and not your competition, which it's kind of hard to kind of shift that mindset. But it, when you even, yeah, especially when, you, when you're working at other firms. But, I mean, if you work at some a, a place that's, let's say, uh, commission-based or whatever, you would still see your teammates as like your teammates, right, even though you're all kind of fighting for that same commission, that yeah, same true. sale or whatever. But you, you probably don't see as much cattiness maybe in like these yeah. other firms. I don't know. Maybe maybe you do. I mean, there was a lot of cattiness in accounting, yeah. even though we were all on a salary. So that was yeah, – um, look, I feel yeah. like that just kind of comes with any workforce. But I feel like, yeah, I feel like – and you need to – especially with sex work being so, so niche, I feel like you need to you need to try to be nice to each other because of the fact that – when you're in an industry that is so stigmatized and put down by society, yeah. if you don't all get along with each other, that's just going to make all, everything that society says about us just like, uh, wait, no, that's not what I want to say. I, yeah, I it just, it makes saying, it harder for society to accept us if we don't even accept each other. It, yeah, that's so well said. Because the issue here is you shouldn't just be thinking about competition in terms of like trying to make money. You should be thinking about how am I going to have the best, most productive work life that I can. So if you're working alongside other girls, they are some of the only people who are going to understand your lifestyle, right? Because you do feel an element of loneliness or stigmatization when you feel like no one really understands what you're going through or no one really understands your work and your job. So these are the select few people that you can probably actually get along super well with and you can bounce off your feelings with each other without feeling judged mm. or, you know, because even uh, I was looking this up this morning. There's a lot of studies on actually getting uh, psychotherapy where even there you face a lot of um, pressure, a lot of stigma where, you know, you go to psychotherapy as a sex worker and what a lot of people are reporting is these therapists are actually looking down on them. They, they're seeing you as someone that has been like pushed into this industry that doesn't want to be there, that you're victimized or they find like a sexual interest in it, even some of the research was saying. So it's a really hard industry to feel accepted and to feel understood. So I agree, like the last thing you wanna do is create competition and create like a negative relationship with the people that actually understand you. Yeah, exactly, because that's it. Yeah. Perfectly said, I think. Um, yeah, you're also getting used to a new schedule and new tools like as well. Like, I mean, it was really hard for me to like get around things like Twitter and TikTok and everything yeah, like when right. I first started. Uh, and yeah, a new schedule, especially when you work like – so when I started at my agency, my hours were like 9 a.m. to like – 9 p.m. to like 5 a.m. <laughs> and I used to wake up – I used to – so that was like the opposite to my schedule. I used to wake up at 5, go to bed at 9. Yeah. Now it was I needed to start work at 9 go to, and then like I could go to bed at 5 and I was just like – how did, mm. like, so that was really difficult mm. at first. Um, 
oh god yeah i mean i have no tips for like how to do that because i've now i've like i left it on now i'm back onto my 5 a.m yeah to 9 p.m that schedule is something a bit hard but yeah so it's tough one. i think like every shift worker faces this right yeah like, there's a lot of studies on this too even when i used to be a nurse about how shift work like will reduce your life expectancy so it, it is a bit fucked up it, it's a tough thing to be able to manage but it's one of those struggles that you face in this industry right? like, <laughs> yeah i know i mean i think work. look i think the best thing to do is to like maybe get yeah get like a, a little scheduler or something like that yeah. to try to like schedule your things and i mean if you can, like you can set your own hours most of the time, I think, mm. unless you're working at like an agency or whatever. But yeah. even then, like some agencies, I think, will let you be a bit more flexible. Okay. But yeah, I mean, look, but in any industry, like I remember even when I first started out in accounting, I had to get used to working a nine to five because I'd never worked a nine to five before. Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of happens in any industry, but yeah. eventually you will get used to it. Okay. Yeah, with things like Twitter and TikTok and stuff like that, I mean, I don't know, you just have to – like you just got to. I feel the pain. Yeah, here. yeah. No, <laughs> I feel I know. The pain. Cats getting me more and more into Twitter and TikTok, and I'm like, fuck. Yeah, it up. there's no easy way around no, it. But it's yeah. it's just a necessary evil. It just it comes with it. But to be honest, it comes with it. It comes with any industry. Like again, I remember going back to accounting. We would get new tools every month. There'd be some new tool, and I used to hate it. And then we, they would force us to learn it, and you never understood it, but you had to do it. Mm. So these tools are not specific to like. Uh, it's not specific it's to this industry. Every feel, single industry has tools like and little, programs they have to use. I feel like it's a little unique with social media in the sex industry because I feel like you're constantly then worried about being exposed to your family if that's something you haven't really like disclosed to them or maybe in like sexual partners and relationships that you're causing. So like, what are your views on like when you started using social media for like sex working promotion around those ideas of like, people finding out or like your friends found it. Yeah. So for the first year that I was in sex work, I like, I was no face. So I blurred my yeah. face. I didn't have any socials. I had nothing. I just had my ads in the directories and I had my face blurred and then that was it. Uh, with the decision. So that when, all right. So this is something that I say to a lot of people as well. If they're going to make the decision to like go onto social media or kind of take that next step or go no, or like, you know, face out mm. and whatever is that you need to be absolutely sure that when you're doing that, that, you are comfortable with the idea of people finding out about what you do. Yeah. I mean, I, I when I first started, I probably wasn't comfortable with the idea of people finding out. That's why I tried really hard to blur and I was mm. just hoping and praying that <laughs> the blur would be enough for people to not know that exactly. it's me. Um, and thankfully, like, it, it worked. I mean, I've heard of girls getting done even with blurred photos if they notice, like, where you're taking the photos or they might oh, notice crazy. a specific outfit that you might be wearing yeah. that they know is, like, your outfit. So I have heard of girls getting done or, like, yeah, tattoos and things. I have heard of it happening. It's probably not as common, but yeah. So I was thankful that, um, yeah, my first year when I was blurred, nothing yeah, happened. Yeah, it's a risk you have to take, yes. But right. yeah, but yeah. then when I decided to, then I obviously, I made the decision to go face out because I'm face out now. Mm. But I had to like, it took me a while to make that decision. And it kind of took a few months for me to kind of reflect on my goals, what I want to do. And we, yeah, the kind of my, my career in this, mm. like, is this a career that I want? And I want to make this my career. And do I want to further myself in this career as much as possible? Okay. Uh and I mean, yeah, going past that was kind of just the next necessary yeah. step. And I was like, I feel like I've done enough in the industry to like 
justify if people were to like find out about it to be like, well, yeah. I mean, you know, I've come this far and I've done all of these things and I've yeah. had all of these successes. I felt, felt a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, essentially like you're proud of what you're doing. Right? Yeah. Like you don't feel. And there was a lot of things that I wanted to do. So like, I mean, yeah. I wanted to do this podcast. I wanted to start doing YouTube. I yeah. wanted to start doing a lot of, you know, face out kind of things yeah. okay. uh, that, I, that I was kind of ready for that next step. But yeah, I would say to everyone, like you need to be comfortable with the idea of people finding out, I think, mm. especially if you're going to be on social media. Yeah, that's just, 100%. I, I, yeah, I kind of, I wonder every day, like how many people have seen like our TikToks that I would know, like that I went to school with. And I'm like, I wonder yeah. if they know it's me. I wonder <laughs> how many people have seen this and they're like talking amongst themselves. Um, yeah, I know my probably. family haven't found out because they would tell me if they did. <laughs> <laughs> so, so at least, yeah, they that haven't. come up in conversation. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So uh, but just uh, following on from social media, this is something as well that I see like a lot of girls having issues with, which I mean, yeah, even me, like even me still like now you have issues with that. But I feel like this is just social media in general, probably more so in this job because of the fact that it's social media heavy, which is you're comparing yourself to other people all the time. My boobs yeah. aren't big enough. I'm not skinny enough or my, uh, you know, uh, you know, um, it's body image. Yeah, so exactly. Center, right? That's yeah. That there's a lot of that going on. Yeah, I feel like this is common as well in like things like dancing, modeling, this whole idea of like social comparison and body image issues. Because yeah, number one, you're constantly forced to think about it because you're putting yourself naked in front of men like on a constant basis. So you, it's it's something that you wouldn't face really in any other industry most of the time yeah, right? where you're so, just naked all yeah, the time yeah, where, and naked so, on social media exactly right so you're constantly feeling judged based off your body so it's something you're always thinking about and not only that but you have the social comparison as well where it's like okay well what are these other women doing what do these other women look like and again obviously like things like social media is people are going to be using filters they're going to be photoshopped when you're looking at other people's ads they're also going to be like heavily edited so now you're like socially comparing to girls that really uh, having some like editing advancement there. So it can be a very tough thing, I think, for a woman to then balance that with having like this confident self view of her body when you're constantly, constantly thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. I think the best thing to kind of remember with this is that, yeah, nothing on the internet is real. Mm, like true. literally nothing. Every like Every, everyone edits their photos. Yeah, like, let's be real. Yeah. Like, everybody does. So I think that, yeah, you definitely need to remember that. Um, and also to also just remember that there's a there's a niche for everybody. So it doesn't really matter. Mm. So actually, this is what I've noticed. It doesn't matter if you're tanned or big-boobed or small-boobed or short or tall or freckled or whatever. It doesn't – it literally doesn't matter mm. because there's always people that are into different things. True. Like, some people like – you know, there's mm. – there's, so many kinks and preferences out there that there's room for everybody no matter what like color, size, shape. (laughs) And I think it's important just to be very critical of your own self thoughts and actually manage them. I I think an activity that a lot of girls can do if there's something they can worry about is like journal these thoughts and feelings because oftentimes they're going to be slightly irrational. Like, you know, obviously, if you get to a point where you're just eating unhealthily, you know, like not looking after yourself, like, Sure, you, you, you want to find a balance where you're like, okay, I want to eat healthy, I want to be healthy, I want to work out, I want to stay fit. But then you don't want to look at yourself and think, oh my God, I put on like 0.1 of a gram, what the fuck, like and have these irrational thoughts. Or even like, you know, you mentioned with the bloating, right? Like you don't want to blow that out of proportion as well. I know we were joking about it earlier, but little things like that is you want to like challenge your thoughts and feelings and being able to journal them is something that helps me or talk to friends is something that helps. 
And so having still that positive body image, I, I think as you're going into a lot of these bookings is important because at the end of the day, I'm sure you can speak to this. A lot of these men are loving what they're seeing, right? It's not like they're suddenly like one day or like, oh my God, no, I don't want to take this booking. Like, what the fuck? Like, maybe that's what's going through your head, but it's just not realistic, right? So it's important to like challenge the irrational thoughts that you might actually be having about, you know, body image. Yeah, I think so. I know. And that's a really hard one because I feel like even if you're not even in this industry, I feel like just social media in general. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, you just can't. Like, what is morphia, anorexia? It's all on the rise. And yeah, I think a big portion of that is because of the social comparison, is because body image is put in front of our face every single fucking day. And it's unrealistic expectations as well, right? We're Mm -hmm. looking at these highlight reels of women's bodies. And then thinking, oh, fuck. But at the end of the day, like, you know, I love looking at this. There's an Instagram of like, uh, I think it's called like Instagram versus reality, essentially. And it, and it shows you like the before and after a lot of photos. And so it's important to like consciously remember that. Is that as you said, like a lot of these photos aren't real. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, all right. So this is one that I definitely struggled with when I first started. Because when I first started, I was at an agency. So I had like, you know, working days and then not working days. Uh is I had so much time. Like I had so much free time. Yeah. Like I think I only worked like weekends. Like I think I worked like Friday to Sunday or something yeah. like that. And then it was just like, what the fuck do I do what all do week? I do more? Yeah, yeah. When, and at first I just did nothing. Mm. I just didn't do anything. And I kind of thought in my head, oh my God, I'm going to use this time and be so productive. I'm going to write a book and I'm mm. going to – well, actually, well, so what I thought is, is I was going to write I was going to write my book on my off days. Did I write even one word of my book? I didn't even write one word. And I was just like, oh, my God, like I have all this time. Like I need to like do something with it because I Mm. felt – and I feel like the more time I had, the more unproductive I was. So what did you think that is? Like how did you feel when you did nothing in these days? Did it feel relaxing and calming or did you feel like what the fuck? It did for like the first few days because I was like it was so nice to not have to work a nine-to-five because in my old job I was working – well, it wasn't even a nine-to-five. It was like a – 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. and it was like mm. it was like most days so I hardly ever got days off the days off that I had were like my sick days that was like days yeah. off so I almost never had days off so the first like month I would say it was just really nice because I was like oh I've just like I can breathe I can do things like washing get my hair done mm. probably like in the first month I probably used that time semi-productively to do all of the things that I had never done like I could clean out my cupboards yeah. I could sort out my my wardrobe and like you just do little things like that uh but then obviously after you've done all of the things that can be done and you're just like oh my god like I've just got like the next four days I've got nothing to do and I just watched so much tv and I just <laughs> I don't know I just went for random unnecessary walks like not that there's anything wrong with walks but it's like I probably didn't have to go for like five walks in the day I probably could have done yeah. other more productive things with my time and then I kept saying to myself I'm going to start writing my book I'm going to start writing my book and I never did and months went on and I was like oh I can do it next week mm. I can do it tomorrow like I've got so much time like I'll get around to it and I just never got around to it mm. so what I found found that I had to do and to kind of over to calm that up like you know just like massive like unproductivity was I had to feel that time I had to like I I'm the kind of person that I need time constraints and I need pressure mm. to make me do anything like if I've got if I have no pressure and I've got all of this time like I, I mean I learned it myself firsthand is that I just having too much time just doesn't work for me because I just do I do nothing I need to have as little time as possible and then that is how I actually maximize the use yeah, of that time yeah. so what I the first thing that I did was I um well I enrolled into uni so I was like I'm just gonna enroll into a writing course and then that'll give me things to do and that'll probably hopefully give me more inspiration to 
actually start writing. So that's what I did. So I enrolled in uni and then all of a sudden it was like, oh my God, like I'm so busy with uni and I'm so busy with work. And I was like, oh my God, I need to find time to write. And then I actually started writing yeah. once I had so little time in my day when I was just, I was like, cause I was doing full-time uni as well. So I was full-time uni and I was part-time working. And then I was like, oh my God, I have no time. Mm. Um, and I found that that made me more productive. And that's why even now to this day, I do like 75 million things. Yeah, you do a lot. Because if I just do, if I do, if I just did like escorting and I had like a day where I wasn't doing anything, it would like send me crazy. I would just, yeah. I would end up doing nothing that day. So it's like counterintuitive in a way. So it sounds like you need, that external like pressure to be able to do stuff because otherwise you're like i have all the time in the yes. world so i don't need to yeah. start on anything it happened to me sure. like even during covid the yeah. same thing happened to me i was still doing accounting when i when it was covid and i had all this time and i was like oh my god i'm gonna i'm gonna learn how to rollerblade and i'm gonna learn japanese i did none of it <laughs> japanese and rollerblades. yeah awesome. i did none of it i did yeah. absolutely not i was like i'm gonna learn how to do my own acrylic nails yeah. i'm gonna do all of these things and i did not i, I yeah. didn't do one single thing other think, than going a few walks. I think that's normal for a lot of people. I think, yeah, there's probably a lot of girls that get in the industry that find this where they're like, what the fuck do I do with the rest of my time? Yeah. Like, what do I do? So I, I think it's almost important to, yeah, pick up a hobby, um, build like a passion around something, have a purpose, even if it's like socially, like meeting up with friends, doing whatever. Because, yeah, I think it can become almost like lonely and depressing if yeah. you find yourself just sitting at home yeah, and you feel days. like, what am I doing with my life, yes, right? Yes, you're so doing nothing. It, yeah, it can be relaxing first, but yeah, I, I think that's important. Like, as you said, like enrolling in a course, it like motivates you now to do something. So yeah, whether it's like fucking pick a hobby, right? Whether it is like acrylic nables or learning Japanese, like it, it might be good if you find yourself having a lot of time off to just pick up something. Well, I find that whenever like people talk to me about this issue, I find that the best thing that I think that people should do with their free time is to start planning or start working towards their, their next job because yes, for no, a lot of people no. sex work isn't forever i mean sure. for some people it is i'm not going to say it's not like you can absolutely yeah. do this for a very long time like there's really successful yeah, girls in their people, 40s and yeah. 50s but majority of people this is this is gonna it's a finite job yeah. uh so i think the best advice that i can give to anyone is to yeah start working on whatever it is you want to do next so mm. and probably to even just firstly maybe just think about what it is that you want to do next things that yeah you're interested in and then yeah start working towards it so yeah exactly we you know learn how to do nails or yeah enroll in a course or yeah start doing something working on whatever mm. it is um yeah for next because i mean that's kind of what i did i was like yeah well what do i want to do yeah, i want to write a book and then i was just like i just, I just couldn't sit down and write it so i was yeah. like i just couldn't so i was like all right i'm gonna need help to sit mm. down and write it so then that's when i yeah, enrolled in like my uh, so it's a creative master's writing. of creative writing so that's when i enrolled in that because i'm like that will probably it'll teach me how to write it better yeah. maybe i'm just don't have the strategies to even start mm. um and i found that that really helped so i'm like yeah i'm like probably um ten thousand words in hey, at nice. the moment yeah that's which is good. about five three three or four chapters I yeah think. sweet yeah Happy days. Yeah, so a hundred thousand words is like a novel. So I'm ten. Okay. I'm ten percent of the way in, which is a lot better than being no percent of the oh, way. Oh, hundred percent, and it gives you like something you're working towards. It yeah. gives you like a goal, or purpose. Exactly. Yeah, so I'm hoping that that'll be. I'm yeah. hoping that I can have some stuff written for. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know when I will retire from sex work or if I'll ever fully retire. But I think you'll be here for a while. I think I'll, I've it's definitely got at least a good fifteen years left in yeah. me. I reckon. So, um, but I'm hoping that I can have some books written during this time. Yeah, why not? That I can, yeah. you know, and then that'll be my my future career. Would 
can just be like in writing or like YouTubers. So I want to yeah. try and try and do more YouTube as well. So I feel like yeah. writing and YouTube and stuff. There you go. Good and stuff. even this even this podcast is technically like I mean yeah, this podcast takes yeah, off. This this can be like a life after sex work thing as exactly. well. So exactly. yeah. Awesome. Um yeah, that's my little thing on that. Yeah. Just yeah. try to fill that time with things. Yeah, for sure. Like find something that you enjoy, your passion, hobby and like yeah. Yeah. Stick to it. Um so yeah, so just stemming on from that. Then the reverse can the reverse can also be an issue, which I find this a lot as well, is when you do fill up your time a lot, especially like once you've been in the industry for a while and you're filling up your time and all of a sudden you're working 24-7 and once you start taking up more things in the industry, which is this is what I noticed. So like, you know, first I started with escorting and then, you know, I started doing like OnlyFans and then now I do social media. I do – I'm on all of the social medias. I Then I started a blog and now I've got this podcast. It's a lot of things that I've got going on plus still being in uni. So all of a sudden I'm like, oh, my God, I'm working 24-7. And now, yeah, now I have more different issues, which is, okay, when am I going to find time to just, one, take a day off yeah. and two, uh, well, like to, to, well, to even to just take a full day off. I don't remember the last time I've had like a full day off. Like mm. actually I, I lie. I did when I was in Mexico. I think I took one week off where I wasn't on the socials at all. Yeah. And it just felt really weird because even when you take a day off, you're still on the socials mm. a lot of time. You're still on OnlyFans replying to things. You're still on the socials. Um, so you almost never have a full day off. And then the second thing is it becomes really difficult to spend time with like yeah, your friends or your family because you're constantly thinking about the money you're losing when you're yeah. having social time. Yeah, this is a tough one, I think. It, it's yeah, it, it's really difficult because it, once you make all this money to begin with, right, then 100% it's hard to be sitting there in front of someone and just having a conversation or going out when that's in the back of your mind that like, okay, I've just given up X amount of money to do this. Mm. And the so worst when thing- you weigh it up, it's like, fuck. <sighs> It is. The worst yeah. thing is like when you're like out to dinner with friends or something and then you get like a an inquiry being like, hey, can yeah. I book you for like three hours tonight? And, and it's like, like it's like that. I just lost three grand by, yeah. by coming to this dinner. Exactly. Yeah. So so how do you process that? How, how do you how do you deal with that for yourself? Yeah, look, I mean, I it, it it's still hard for me even today. Like mm. I probably don't do as much social things as I mm. used to. Uh I don't know. I know it's really hard because I'm still really bad at this even now. Like I'm, I'm pretty terrible. Like I I even say to like, sometimes if I'm hanging out with my friends, like, and it depends on like how, how busy I've been that week as well. If it's a bit of a slow week, sometimes I'm like, I mean, yeah, you can come over. But I mean, if a booking comes up, then I mean, I'm going to go. Uh, Yeah. Look, I, I think, I think with me, I think having, having savings probably helps because it's Mm. like, oh, I I don't need this money. It's probably a little bit harder if, I'm like, oh, I need that money. So, yeah. like, I have to go. And then I probably definitely wouldn't enjoy anything. Mm. I feel like, yeah, having savings is probably a bit easier. But I think – so that that's one. And I think, two is you kind of just have to remember that, yes, okay, money is good and money is an, an, a need and it's an essential. But also having a social life and just having a life and having family time, that is also technically a need. Like, if you look at yeah. – I, I love Maslow's hierarchy yeah, of needs. So, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, yes, things like sex and money are in it. But, like, I think even – I can't exactly remember, like, the alignment of everything. But I think, like, love and family and all of that stuff, that I think that might even be higher than yeah, money. Like, the relationship even, bit. Or at yeah. least it'd be on par with with money. Yeah, it is. So the higher it's on par. 
yeah, it's. I don't it, have my high. phone to it's Google so, and confirm, but it's either it's definitely at least on par. Yeah, and if you survey people and ask what they value most in life, they're, they're always going to put being loved, loved, family, like is there mm. at the top. And so, yeah, I think it's important to look at it. I mean, you could even rationally like look at these as commodities and and the value placed on each of them, right? So as you mentioned, like having this social life is a lot of fun. And it's like, what am I trying to get that money for? Because at some point it's just adding to your savings. Like what opportunities is it actually giving you? Now I can understand if you're working towards something. So maybe you're saying this amount of money is going to get me X, mm. right? Whether maybe it's a house, whatever it is. Then you could say, okay, I'm going to give up a little bit of my social life so I can get this house or this commodity or whatever I'm trying to get a little bit quicker. But I think the mistake we make is sometimes we just see the dollar signs and we just put this like intrinsic value on it that is just, we, we think is more valuable than it actually is. But I think honestly, if we just think about it, yeah, it sounds weird. Would I give up $3,000 to spend time with my mates? Like most people out there are going to be like, what the fuck? No, I will always take the three grand. But when that perpetually happens all the time, there is going to be some time where you just have to be like, okay, I'm going to be happy with earning X amount per month, right? As long as I get that, then the rest of the time I'm going to spend out with my friends doing other shit, doing whatever. Because making that like comparison, just logically speaking, the way we are like programmed as humans is really hard to do. So I think avoiding doing the whole, okay, I'm going to, give up three grand or spend three grand is just think i've got enough money i've made enough money this month so now i'm going to prioritize yeah fun or going out or yeah i think that's probably a really good uh piece of advice as well is to say like okay have a goal a weekly goal or a monthly mm. goal and then once you've hit that goal it's like okay i can chill out now i've made, yeah. made my goal if, if it, it, it's extra cool but like you know i can start slowing down and maybe spend some more time doing some yeah. social things yeah. um and yeah i mean yeah if you keep like neglecting your friends there's going to be a time where you don't have friends and then yeah. you're gonna you're gonna you, you give up 10 grand to have friends to hang out with yeah 100%. so i think was- i think yeah think about it like that is like yeah okay yeah it might be a short term a bit of money but then there, there are people that would pay like you, you can't put a price on things like friendships and families and yeah, stuff true. like that especially when they're really good friends and you know yeah. if you really get along with your family because yeah you will pay infinite amounts yeah. if they were just not there one yeah, day true. um yeah so i think always always remember that but that yeah. that is a need and it's a, essential as well yeah gotta find um uh yeah okay so oh, maybe i'll leave so i was gonna get to I was gonna I was gonna talk about like what thing. All right, I'm gonna skip that one. I'll come back to that one. Okay, yeah. So the, yeah, the managing your money. Okay, so this is something that I see, especially when somebody's been in the industry for a long time. Is yeah, I don't I, I don't declare any income I make. I don't pay tax. No, oh, yeah. I hear that <laughs> all the, the time. The accountant inside of you is freaking the fuck. Oh out. my god, the accountant inside me like wants to set itself on fire when I hear people <laughs> telling me I don't pay tax. I've never declared any income, and it's like oh, I've been doing this job for like ten years, and I've just I've never done a tax return. I literally want to set myself on fire. Okay, because there is there is so many more things that are much more important than avoiding tax. Hmm. And I say this to everyone and I feel like I, we said this on the, the episode that when we interviewed Raven Management, but people think about their money always in a very short-term way, which mm. is, oh, I, I don't want to pay tax and oh, if I declare all this money, I'm going to have to pay tax and I'm not going to have all this money and whatever. Mm. But then people neglect that when you don't have a legitimate income or or so there's either that or if you're only declaring the tax-free rate, which I think is like 19 grand a year, like yeah. you don't pay tax on or whatever, when you look like you have zero money, you can't do things in society, hmm. which people usually don't realize until it's been too late. You can't, you know, do things like buy a car or rent an apartment 
or take out a loan one day. So I've had like lots of people like come to me and be like, oh, like, you know, I've got some advice, you know, I want to try to, you know, get my own apartment or I want to like invest in property. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, how much income have you been declaring? And they're like, oh, I haven't declared any income in like five years. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, you're going to need at least two years of very good looking statements yeah. for any bank to want to lend you money. Like why would yeah. a bank want to lend you money if you've declared 19K yeah. in the last like, couple of years or you haven't declared anything True. no bank's gonna lend you any money no yeah. you're never gonna be able to you know or like get a rental or something like that mm. so most of the sex workers i know that have never um never like declared income or like just declare minimal income the only places that they can live are like the cash places cash like where you just yeah. like get a room and i was talking to one of them lately and she's like oh like i, I you know i, I really want to get my own place but i can't because like, i haven't made income in Jesus, the last like, yeah. five years and i'm like well Fuck, like, and most places will require, like, I think it's like at least like a couple years of income, especially with banks. If you want to take out a loan, mm. they'll require like at least a couple of years of, of income. And even then, like, if you're declaring less than like sixty thousand dollars or something like that, you're not going to be able to get a big loan. Like, not no. enough to buy, not enough to buy any decent property. Yeah. So people, people need to think ahead, right? They need to get accounting advice and and really get their finances. I, I'm giving yeah. accounting advice right now which yeah. is to declare your income and to like and especially like to think about what your future goals are so if your future goal is oh i want to buy a house next year mm. you need to start declaring money like now and you need to start declaring an, enough, <laughs> enough money yeah. for the bank to want to give you a house like if you're yeah. just declaring the nineteen thousand dollars below tax threshold no bank is going to give you a loan yeah. no car place is going to give you finance for a car no rental yeah. is going to give you money if you're only making if you're if your unit costs 50k a year or whatever to mm. like for you to rent it or however much it is so so what is it so 19 grand a year that's that's probably about like how much people would pay in rent a year isn't it uh What's like the what's like the normal rent in cities like five hundred dollars? Oh, fucked up now. Yeah. Five hundred dollars a week or something like that. Yeah. yeah, there's no way like anyone is going to yeah. look at you on your nineteen thousand yeah. dollars a year and be like, oh, you've got enough money to yeah. rent yeah, rent true. a property. There's no way. Yeah, even for me, like this year, trying to find a rental in Sydney is so competitive. So even when I'm like offering the whole rent up front, <laughs> it was like super tough to find a place. So. Oh yeah, it's yeah. it's it's mental. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's my tip is to, yeah, so I, I declare like mm. my, my, my income looks pristine. Budget. My tax returns are pristine. Like yeah, I've yeah. got every, exp and people always say that to me, like, oh, how do you get, you know, how do you get around your expenses and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, they're like, what if you get audited? I go, my bookkeeping is so foolproof that come and audit me, do it, do it. You will not find one mistake. Nice. It was an accountant. So it's, it's all in order. It's all pristine. <laughs> um, because technically my my accounting is done by two, so I technically do my own tax returns mm. and then my accountant checks over it because I didn't really do tax. I'm not okay, fully, okay. I don't fully know all of the deductions and yeah. percentages and things, but I still do like my own preliminary return and then she obviously like fine tunes yeah. it a bit. So it's, it's pristine. It's Everything's in order. I have every receipt for everything that I've ever that's, that's declared an expense for. I've got an invoice <laughs> for every single piece of money that's hit my account. I have an invoice for it. It's all, and that, so that's what people should be doing. So this is the first thing that I did once I went independent as well is I got a little invoice book. So at first I was just using, I literally just went to the post office and I bought like a hand, mm. like a little one where I can hand write invoices. And at the end of every month I would sit down and I would look at like the money I make and I would write little invoices out like 
for every, obviously I'm not going to do it on the spot, but like, you know, yeah. I did it at the end of every month and yeah, every single month at the end of the month, I would like keep track of all my expenses and I'd make sure I have all of my receipts, all my receipts are in a box. I still have, cause you're supposed to keep, you're supposed to keep your receipts for, I think it's five years. So you're I've got a box with all my last like few years of receipts, like up there and it's all neatly categorized and cross-referenced and everything. So it's very it's, it's absolutely on point. Um, so people probably don't need to go that extreme, but you should <laughs> definitely be keeping all your receipts. You're supposed to keep all your receipts for at least five years. Uh, and, yeah, just try to keep a little mm. invoice book and whatever so that you've got – so if anything has happened, you've got all this paperwork. Yeah. And actually declare – don't just declare the tax-free threshold. Actually declare a decent amount of money so that when you want to buy a house or a car or whatever it is or even just mm. take out a personal loan, doesn't matter what it is – even you might want to invest in in shares. Yeah. Like if the government looks at your account and you've never declared income for for however long, all of a sudden it sees that you're investing in the stock exchange or in Bitcoin or whatever, it's yeah. going to start asking questions where Totally. all this money came from if you've never done a tax return before. Yeah. So right. that's my that's my tip for that. Um, okay, so I think now it is time we talk about. Well, this is like the, the biggest thing, which I'm very, I'm very curious on your um, perspective on this because I mean, it's not so much of an. It's never actually been an issue for me since starting in the industry, but I know you've dated a lot of sex workers, so you've mm. definitely seen this firsthand as an issue, which is sex work. And I see this happen a lot. Sex work makes you very detached from sex when it's yep. not in a workspace. And it makes a lot of girls have a, a, a bit of a, a hatred or a mixed emotions towards men. And people, a lot of girls just don't start to like not see the value in having sex outside of work or even just dating outside of work. Like I've heard of a lot of girls saying like, oh, why would I date when all my clients treat me better than any boyfriend could treat me? Yeah. So yeah, I see so much of this cat. Like there, there's the two things, right? Which is the detachment from sex and the man hating, right? Yeah. Which tends to come from sex work. And I've always asked myself why, right? So I think the detachment comes from the place of, okay, you're put in a position where you're working and you need to have sex with a lot of men. And if you're involving a lot of emotion in that, it, it can actually backfire. So I think it is a good coping strategy sometimes to detach a little bit. And I feel like that's what a lot of women do and they separate it. But then when it comes time to actually experience pleasure and actually have sex again with a guy, it's hard to get back into your body, feel those emotions, enjoy all the pleasure. Like there's often that disconnect. And like as the guy who's had partners in sex, I feel that. I notice that a lot of the time. And then there's a second part, which once again, you're as a woman, you're put in this position now where you're, you are selling yourself. You have men choosing and... Oftentimes, like depending on where you are and where you're working, there's limited resources there. So you do switch this mentality where women are usually the gatekeepers of sex. So you go out to a club, you get hit on a bunch and you kind of choose who you want. Whereas it almost becomes the other way around where now men are trying to essentially choosing, mm. right? So there's a bit of a swap. And so you tend to find that where women start to see men just, you know, there's maybe an objectifying feeling there. There, there might be a feeling where a lot of their clients are in relationships so they see a lot of cheating happening. Uh, so th there's that side of things where they might see men as, how do I, how do I word this, as seeing women mainly just for sex because that's, that's the engagement that they're getting. So yeah, it's really tough. I've, I've thought about ways of women and like how do you deal with this actually in the industry. And I noticed for yourself out of, all the girls I've met, you're someone that handles it the best, to be honest, I feel. And so that's something I kind of want to ask you about. But 
Yeah, it, it is tough. Like I've had girls that have broken down like crying after sex because they've experienced a situation for once where their pleasure was 100% kind of put first and they didn't feel like there was this like exchange of, you know, resources for time. And uh, I've had them completely break down because like they've been holding onto that for so long and this separation and they feel like this immense amount of pleasure, someone that cares about it, someone that's like worried about how they feel without an exchange. And I think it fucks with them a little bit. And so, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting concept and I'm not entirely sure how you should deal with it. But I noticed you're someone that seems to, at least from the outside, seems to deal with it pretty well. So I'm curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely do. I mean, I still, I'd never stopped having a mm. sex or dating life outside of, of work. And I think when, when I was kind of going into it, I mean, I was unsure how it would impact my dating life, but I never like thought that, like I never purposely was thinking Mm. that I would act different in my personal life just now that I'm a sex worker. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I I feel like it's – before, like, doing this job, I always – it was always something that I enjoyed. I enjoyed meeting new people. I enjoyed going on dates. I enjoyed like having flings with guys. I enjoyed like, I enjoyed one night stands. I enjoyed, you know, mm. having reg, uh, like, well, not regular, what do you call it? Like a, like fuck buddies. I always mm. enjoyed that. Like, and I feel like that's a, just a normal healthy thing about being like a person, an adult. Like, again, mm. if you look back at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, sex and is like one of like the top things that like people need. It's a basic human need. Like people mm. need it like yeah. just to, to live. <laughs> I don't know how better to explain it. Um, yeah, so my my sex and dating life just hasn't changed, but I think I think the way that I kind of see things is like well, I I really do just kind of see everything I do as as a job. Like I don't really see it as mm. as uh, I don't see it as this this big thing that like I feel like some people like look at this job and they just see it as this big thing. Like oh, I'm I'm selling myself for money and it's gross and it's shameful maybe, and maybe it's that's disgusting. What it's about. Maybe you you is the narrative you give which is not like i'm selling my body right i'm i'm, I'm well I'm, i mean you're forgetting like i used to be an accountant yeah so it's like it's work like to me it's work yeah. i mean i think i just i just think about anything in a business sense i feel like i've got a business brain and to me this is this is a job that i'm doing that i'm making money from and i doesn't well i mean so and with me i think i'm a little bit different as well with and even like, well, I guess even the way, so well, okay, one, I do see what I do as a job and I see it as, yeah, this, this is how I make money. Mm. Um, and I, you, any, if I was working another job, I would still have a sex life and relationship life outside of work. The fact that I'm having sex for my money to me doesn't really feel that different to when I was, you know, uh, at my when I was in an accounting firm, I was selling my brain for money, mm. and I feel like that's, that's exactly how it was. I was selling my my brain, and I was selling my my smarts and my skills. And to be honest, I actually felt a lot more used and abused in mm. my accounting firm. I feel you know what I actually feel like when I think about it. I feel like coming from like a like a big accounting firm that they treat you like shit, I, and then coming to this, I feel like I it made me appreciate this job probably a lot more and even the clients a lot more, having something else to compare it to where I was literally ex- – I was full-blown exploited and sure. abused and taken advantage of and screamed at and, like, 
yeah, mentally just traumatized mm. from that job. Like I used to cry like almost every single mm. day. Lots of people would cry. But crying in the office was normal. Mm. We would send like little videos and things of each other crying in the bathroom and Jesus. we used to laugh at each other. And yeah. we used to joke about getting hit by buses. Like, oh, if I just got hit by a bus, like I'd be able to yeah. take a week off. And like, how good would it be just have a week <laughs> off? So I'm like coming from that into this job. And even like my clients used to be like shit. Like when yeah. I was, they used to, they used to treat me like shit. They used to scream at me. People used to try to manipulate me. And mm. I was literally used, I was literally used for my commodity, which is like my brain. Mm. And I was paid for that. And I was like exploited for that. Whereas now I'm coming into this and it's like, oh my God, I have this control over what I do. And yeah, okay. It's just a different part of my body that I'm now kind of exploiting for like money, but it's kind of like on my own terms. And I feel like it a little bit different. I feel like I'm like, I'm using, I'm get to use my brain and my body to make money that is for me. Whereas my, a different part of my body was being exploited by somebody else in my old job. And that's kind of how I think about it. So So, how how would you feel like, how do you rationalize? Okay. I'm now having sex for free. So you meet up with a guy, you get along with him, you're having sex. Is there a part of you that thinks that, which is like, oh, I'm giving this away for free. Does that ever cross your mind? No, no? I don't okay. know. I still go out and like, yeah. I still, I still go out and like. Yeah. I mean, I remember like, I mean, this is just a little show. Like when you when you had your friend yeah, that was yeah. here, <laughs> and I was like, fuck, I want to fuck him, yeah, yeah. and that was me that was instigating it. It's not like, oh, okay, if a guy just comes up to me and I'm mm. like, oh, okay, he'll do whatever. Yeah. It's like I will go out and seek it still yeah. because it's something that I enjoy, and I feel like sex in my personal life is different. So I feel like. Yeah. And I feel like people forget that when they're having so much work sex. I feel like they forget that having sex in your private life is different. It's it's different. It be, I feel like mm. it becomes a little bit more about me and it's also like I'm not putting on a show. Mm. So I feel like when I'm, you know, escorting, especially it, porn, it's totally different. Porn is like a real show. Like that is yeah. – full-blown acting when i'm with clients it's somewhat acting it's not as much acting as when i'm doing porn but i'm still putting on a best the best version of myself and i'm you know just trying to you know put on a little bit of an act and a yeah. bit of a show in my personal life i don't need to do any of that it's like oh okay i fancy you you fancy me let's mm. just let's just have fun so i guess it's about still being able to separate it right so this is the way i'm thinking about it now so as an escort you can still have the coping mechanism of separating it a little bit detaching a little bit but still coming back to your personal life, knowing that that's very different and being able to fall back into that. Mm. So I guess what I'd advise then, if that's what we're working off, is if you're someone that's in the industry and you're going to work and doing your job, it's almost like leaving work at work. And so when you come home, I think it's still important to explore your pleasure, to masturbate, to have these fantasies, to be meeting guys and experiencing that pleasure. And without the show, right? Like this is the biggest thing when, when, I'm, when I'm dating women that, you know, especially, um, you know, things like OnlyFans is they're so used to putting on the show, right? So it's like we start having sex and they're like moaning. Yeah, they're theatrical, yeah. And I'm like, can you shut the fuck up for two seconds? Like, I'm sitting (laughs) here like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, what is going on? Like, I haven't even touched you yet and you're like screaming. I'm like, like, settle. So a lot of the time I'll need to implement things. And I think we've spoken about this before is, I will, I will tell these girls, like, listen, you're not allowed to come. I'm like, tonight when we're fucking, no, you're not allowed to, all right? No coming for you whatsoever. So I try to really put them in the headspace of like, okay, I don't need to like put this on. I don't need before. Sometimes I'll like put a gag on them or something. Right? It's like, <laughs> I, it's, I try to get them out of that space of, I need to make him feel good or I need to perform or I need to like this. It's like, no, let's, let's forget about that for a second. Let's think about your pleasure. Let's get into your body. And 
yeah, I, I think if you're if you are going to leave work at work, then when you come to your personal life, you need to practice that self pleasure a little bit more, because that's the other problem, right? So, yeah, it, it's it's a tough subject. It's it's just something I see mm. from my point of view the most when it comes to how does sex work affects women. Like it, when it comes to sexuality, that's the thing that I think um, that whole idea of self pleasure they tend to lose mm. quite a lot, at least from my experience. I feel like there's such a beauty in like having sex outside of work like i'd like because it's it there's so many things that like lead up to it it's like you know you're talking you fancy mm. this person then it's like okay you need to make advances it's kind of like a little it's like a little game right? like yeah. i mean when a client comes over and we fuck like okay yeah it's, they can still absolutely be good and they can still be passionate and i've had mm. some amazing sessions with clients so like yeah. yeah that can still be fun too but you don't have all of the oh like does he you know yeah. is he interested in me like oh my god he oh my god he just touched my hand does that does that mean he's keen yeah. or it's a bit of messaging like oh my god he just gave me a winky face mm. like or like hey like you know oh like you know we're gonna do it like oh you know we're, there's no way to do it here like oh let's you want to come I back to my place more. like yeah. it's kind of like i don't it's know it's kind of like a game yeah. like it, it, that that can kind of be fun and even yeah okay look and i what i say a lot on twitter like when because i've asked mm. like a few people like um statuses and things about this on twitter about yes personal life sex and dating and things and a lot of people just say like okay the sex i have in my personal life is almost always really bad and it's like okay like look maybe we can kind of try to focus on like the other things mm. about having sex outside which is like yeah it's a bit more it's a bit more of a game like you know there's a bit yeah. more of a chase in it um mm. yeah i agree like I, I feel the same way like if i go to sex parties they're a lot of fun and it's like crazy and wild or whatever but at the end of the day it's just the sex a lot of the time which is great you miss out on those other components. Yeah, the other things, like yeah. the leading up to exactly. it, the messaging, yeah. the little cute things, and I think there's the little like dates. For, for women that are complaining about having like bad sex in their personal life, I think there are other ways to improve that as well. So I agree with that. Like, Let's also focus on the other emotions that you're experiencing, but also the sex itself. I, I feel like the issue is from both ends. Like, Guys often don't ask exactly what the woman wants. We've gone through this. They don't know what they're doing. But even girls, when they know what they're doing in bed and they're very experienced, they often don't ever display that to the guy they're often not having these conversations which i know for a lot of women it's difficult and they don't want to have to lead it but listen if you want to have great sex and the guy isn't going to lead that conversation is an experience i think it's just something that you have to take on and say okay look this is what i like right and just start sharing that a little bit more and then you'll probably find that you're having better sexual experiences mm. so yeah i get it it's tough um but yeah i think there's a lot of joy and pleasure to be had Outside of work, obviously. yeah, I think like I I, I love it. Like yeah. I do, I do. I'm always, yeah. I'm always, I'm always getting getting with someone, yeah. talking with someone. I've got um. Well, yeah. I think that's very healthy. I think that's very healthy. I think There's yeah, all, I've always got I've always got someone on the go. To, like detach the two a little bit, or like separate the two is probably a better word to use. I honestly I do think like yeah. When I what I was saying before, I honestly do think that the way I think about it is I feel like I just felt so exploited. Mm. in my old job yeah. that this job you came to sex work you're like this feels great i was like i don't feel <laughs> exploited respected. at all i'm respected yeah. i'm not exploited i'm yeah. not abused i'm like okay, i'm yeah. like put, put on a pedestal like because i like if people yeah. think this is being exploited oh my goodness like people need to work one <laughs> day in my old, people yeah. need to work one day in my old job and then you will know what it being yeah. exploited really is and you're doing it for like below minimum wage when i we did my friends and i in accounting we divided the amount of hours we worked 
by the amount of money that we made, like salary base, and it was literally below minimum oh, wage. Was, so you work. It was. I was working at below minimum wage. That's crazy. And I was, and it was like, like I'm literally. Is that <laughs> not? That is literally the definition of being exploited. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was, it was messed up. Saved yeah. from accounting. All right, yeah. So should we go through some final, final tips about? No. Like, oh, no, we, we've left out a really important one, which is. Oh, oh wait, no. We. Oh no. We we spoke about dating, didn't we? Well, we didn't really uh, speak about dating. We can go over dating. Oh, no. We spoke about sex outside. Yeah, okay. But yeah. dating. All right. Let's talk about dating really quick. All right. Dating. I think a lot of girls, yeah, they don't, they either, they find it hard to date mm. or they don't want to date. I mean, I've had a lot of girls say to me like, yeah, my my clients are like, yeah, my, my boyfriends. <laughs> they're, they're like my I've girls. got, my clients are like my boyfriends and they buy me Louboutins and what guy's going to, you know, buy me Louboutins and mm. pay for my weekend holidays and things like that. Yeah, I think it is tough. Like I, I looked up some stats here and there were a bunch of different surveys, different studies around the world, different places. So obviously they can be a little bit different, but yeah, it was something like 80% of women in sex work typically remain single because of that. Like if they're single, that's the reason why. And then those in a relationship, um, half of them don't disclose it to mm. their partners. So the partners don't know about it. So there's a lot of issues around relationships because it's going to drive the idea of jealousy. Guys are going to be insecure about it or worried about it. Not when you're in there. So it's, um, yeah, it's going to be really tough. I think for a lot of women to be able to date while working in the sex mm. industry. And that causes a lot of problems in itself. Um, around the whole idea of stigma as well. So if you're then creating this narrative of like, fuck, guys don't like me because of this work, you might feel a little lesser about yourself. So it's uh, it's tough. It's tough. How have you found it? I've t- I date everybody. Yeah. Like I'm still dating. I'm, the, I'm yeah. always dating somebody, I feel like. So it. I mean, we spoke the other week, like you've you've encountered for the first time maybe how sex work has got in the way of dating a little bit. How, yeah, like, a little bit. Like, like, oh, well, so, yeah, a little bit. Like, so I did have to have the conversation with somebody like telling mm. him what I did. But I mean- I mean, he's still around. And okay. I feel like this is something that a lot of girls make the mistake with, especially when it comes to dating, is I feel like the more you you hide and are ashamed of your job and the more you think badly about it, that's going to – other people are going to pick up on that and that's how other people are going to think about things. Because mm. uh, I feel like people are kind of going to feed off the energy that you put out there. So I feel like I, – I genuinely feel like for me, especially with dating, like I've never – I haven't – like I've dated like a few guys since I've been doing this mm. um, and, and and even just, yeah, just in my dating and sex life, I feel like it literally has not changed at all. Okay. Other than, yeah, well, I mean that one guy who I had to tell, but I mean he's still around so yeah. clearly it's not that much of an issue. I think uh, it gets in people's heads yeah. a bit i think it's a really good point that you make about the frame that you set so if you come off as very confident about it you're like look this is my job works work i separate it da, da, da. it's a lot easier for a guy to accept like if a woman came to me and was like oh look and they make it a huge deal like, yeah i didn't want it then it's gonna become this. a big deal like i don't know and they seem really ashamed about it then i'm obviously gonna think it's like a very negative thing but if you just come up to me right out you're like hey yo this is what i do i love yeah. it it's my job if you don't like it fuck you like i'm gonna be much more inclined to be like yeah okay give it a shot you know so i think the frame that you set and the thing that you project is like super important as to like how guys are gonna see yeah. it as well and i think that is the number one mistake that girls make mm-hmm. in this industry is yes being ashamed of it and hiding it and all that. Yeah, whereas with me, I feel like I, whenever I meet, like even with that guy, I mean, I already thought that he knew. That's why I didn't say anything because I literally already thought that he knew because of the fact that I'm so open about it. So I feel like, yeah, exactly. The more open, the more confident you are about being a sex worker, people are just going to feed off that energy. And I honestly truly believe that I think that that is the reason why I've never had any issues Mm. because I own it. And all of a sudden I become this interesting person. Like, oh my God, like 
look at Kat, like she's just so open and it's different and she's confident and she's loving this thing and she has all these fun, interesting, crazy stories and she's doing all of these cool things and all of a sudden I become, I become the most interesting person. Mm. Yeah, because sex <laughs> work can be like to. super empowering as well. Like we spoke about before, like it can give you that level of confidence. It can give you that identity. It can, yeah. So I think it can be empowering. It's, yeah. It's so I feel like more. that's, I feel like anyone listening to this, like if you're struggling today, I feel like honestly, just, just own it. And you meet a guy. I mean, yeah, I've literally, mm. I've not had any issues. Yeah. <laughs> and because yeah. I own it, like guys come, guys like, you know, come to me, they, they know what they're getting themselves into. And yeah, it's cool. not being an issue. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So oh, I just want to point out some further resources yep. uh, to anybody that wants just generally more help with any of the things that we've spoken about, mm-hmm. uh, which obviously one, this podcast, uh, we have a lot of episodes where we talk to a lot of people in the industry about a lot of things. Yep. Uh, we talk to even people in industry adjacent, such as like the accounting firm that we had on. So we talk about a lot of things. So definitely maybe try to look at some of our older episodes um, for some more tips and tricks on different things. Uh, you can look at uh, Perversity, which is uh, Vivian Black's little mm-hmm. uh, child, <laughs> yep. which is it's basically just like a little hub that connects sex workers and also provides a lot of advice to all sex workers. Um, and another one is uh, big sister channel uh, that's done by Estelle Lucas so yeah again it's like another little hub that gives a lot of resources and a lot of tips and tricks to to sex workers uh, especially like a lot of legal tips and stuff cool. like that as well so yeah if you want to do some further reading definitely check those out awesome I think that's great yeah I think it, just to summarize in general like the points you spoke about I think like yeah maintaining friends that you can talk about this with is super important uh, journaling your emotions and just you know doubling back and being somewhat rational about them and challenging like the thoughts and narratives that you create around yourself in the industry itself. Uh, And yeah, obviously like having all those resources, if you feel like you need to speak to someone, like if, you know, we we spoke about, I think off podcast about even just like drug issues that women might face, like when they're exposed in the sex industry. Oh, did we? I think we skipped on that part, didn't we? Yeah, that's okay. Oh, we did. No, it's it's okay. uh, Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. So there's going to be a, there's going to be certain times where you feel like you might need outside help. And so finding professionals that are actually sex industry focused, because I, I know there's a lot of stigma out there, is going to be super important. So, yeah. Um, otherwise, that's it. Hopefully, yeah. this podcast has helped. Remember that this job can change your life for the better. It honestly, yeah. it changed my life for the better. Like, yeah. I was not this happy and confident and successful in my old job and this like really turned things around for me so it can it can open up a lot of doors if you let it yeah i think so yeah all right guys thank you so much for watching and uh is there anything else oh no we're so not done yet we haven't done our question and we haven't done our sex fact all right i'm sorry i I think we we did speak for like a while but like i mean we're not done yet we're absolutely not done That look you gave me. <laughs> oh my god! Okay. Oh my um, god! I know this guy. Like fucking hell! If you right. don't have anywhere to get to, it's only it's only five thirty. I know. I know. I, I just. I'm sorry. I saw the end of the thing. So it was just. An I know. I had the other bits at the big at the beginning. It was just an instinct. No. Okay. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> you're so funny. <laughs> All right, guys. We're moving on to. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, we're, no, no, don't don't close your your laptop or turn your whatever off. Like we're not done yet. <laughs> all right, guys. Question of the week: What is a cat? Here? Yeah. All right. So the question of the week is: Is it inappropriate to hit on someone at the gym? Okay. I this love is this, this probably question. a you a you question. I love this than- question because there has been 
so much shit on TikTok and whatever lately of girls posting up. Have you seen this? No. Oh I'm, my God. Okay. Are you even on TikTok? So there is a trend, all right, Kat, where women go to the gym and they'll recall themselves and then some guy will like glance over for like 0.2 of a second and she'll be like, oh my God, this is disgusting. I can't go to the gym without people. And I'm like, bitch, you're recording yourself. You're wearing nothing and then bending over and squatting in front of this guy's face and he turns for two seconds. So there were a few women that like put this up on the internet, was complaining and then just got a lot of hate. Everyone was like, what are you talking about? Mm. Like this guy's like, <laughs> he's just working out. So then she like did apology. And I mean, people so check people one. out. That's yeah. so normal. What is like, wrong with that, right? People check people's asses out. It's crazy. So should you hit on girls at the gym or vice versa? Yeah, I don't think there's a fucking problem. You just need to keep in mind that people are going to the gym to work out, right? So if I'm, if one of my buddies asked me this, one of my students, yeah, like if some girl is like smiling at you, giving you some eye contact and there's maybe some tension there, sure, you can go over in between the set and just be like, hey, look, I think you're really cute. I want to come say hi to you, whatever it might be. Then, excuse me, then you can grab an Instagram. Just don't be that guy that's like sitting there trying to talk to her nonstop as she's like trying to do a workout and try to like, because even for me personally, like I go to the gym for the gym. So if I see girls there, I'm like, fuck, I don't give a fuck. Like the gym is for me. And I'm sure a lot of girls feel that way as well. But there's nothing wrong, like just going up saying, hey, trying to get the Instagram, that's fine. If she's not interested, move on. If she is, it's cool, grab it and, and keep keep on with your day mm. because we're at the gym to work out. Yeah. Right? And what, I think, what are your thoughts? I think it's important to remember that like if you get rejected or it ends badly, you guys are still going to have to see each other at the gym. Yeah, exactly. Like you want to make this super chill. Like don't be like butthurted about or something. Yeah. Right? Like you could even, if you are going to that gym all the time, you see each other a lot, you keep it like even more chill and friendly. Yeah, first. maybe casual. Yeah. I yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't think there's a problem with going up and being like, hey, you look really cute. I want to come say hi to you. And then, you know, shoot your yeah. shot. But yeah, that's, right. uh, that's my views. There you go. Uh, okay. The favorite thing. You, I can't believe you almost skipped over the sex fact. That's your favorite part. It is my favorite That's part. literally your favorite part. <laughs> favorite you wanted to go home so before sorry. the sex fact. Oh my I'm goodness. so sorry. It's my bad. Okay, according to a global study conducted by Jurex, the most sexually active country in the world is Nigeria and the least sexually active country is Japan. Interesting. That that makes sense, I think, yeah. No, I thought the Japanese were fucking horny. No, oh, my God, they just work all the time. Okay, I was- was Their culture is very, like, well, I've been to Japan. I spent two weeks in Japan and their culture is very strict- very conservative, yeah, but very workaholic. I thought was super kinky behind. Yeah, but they do like they, yeah, it's like hentai and, and stuff like that. So like I think they have um they have what like a you know a big um percentage of people are like they kind of don't even really like leave the house. Like it's like a there's a word for it. I think it's called the ont- otaku or the ontaku okay. or something like that. And it's a word for people in Japan that just like basically just live online. They oh, they live on the line. <laughs> on the line. They and live that's on the line. It. They live on the line. And that's it. Like they they even have like uh apparently like these like I, I want to say it's like otaku or something like that. I might like I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to get so much hate in the comments now. I'm going to get so much hate in the comments saying it's not right. But anyway, it's something along those lines. It's a word that the Japanese people have coined okay. for people for that living inside. They, yeah, they just—they literally live online, on and like they apparently they some of these people like even go to the extent of having like online relationships with people they just have this. never met before. Oh, like, have you heard of people having relationships with AI recently? Oh yes, yes, and yeah, that's yep. interesting. Yeah. So anyway, Nigeria is a fucking Nigerian people are getting on it. Is, is that in Africa? Yeah, Africa. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. 
My old housemate was Nigerian. I don't know if you ever was he. Him. Was he like real sex? Uh, like a sex? Yeah, monkey? he probably fit that stat. He okay. was, <laughs> he's got kids now, but he was he was fucking. Yeah. So. <laughs> That the Nigerians, they fuck, okay. Yeah, exactly. All right, there you go. All yeah, right. but the Japanese, Fun yeah, fact. the Nigeria one, that, I guess that maybe, yeah, um, it, it shocked me a little bit. I don't know. I would have thought maybe I like didn't Italy. Know who was having the most sex? I don't know, Italy or I like somewhere thinking, in South America. I was thinking very Scandinavia, man. What, really? Yeah. No, I would have said like Italy or like Brazil or something. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Like, because they're like, you know, that's all like friend, like, you know, love language or lovers. That's true. They're really smooth. We need like a smooth. list. I don't think Japan. Oh, there is like well. a big list, but I wasn't going to like list everything. I, I, you know, I should have looked up where Australia later. comes in. Australia was not in the top 10 though. Okay. I looked at like yeah, the top 10 and Australia yeah, was not in the top 10. Okay. I know Greece was, I remember Greece was quite high up. Okay. Fair. Um, But anyway, yeah, so Japan, yeah, that one didn't shock me. Right. That one I well, these fuckers. Okay. Good stuff. Thank yeah. you for the sex fact. <laughs> All right, now can now I? Now we're finished. Okay, perfect. I didn't know. Is there anything else? No, <laughs> okay, guys. Wait. Thank you. Now that's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for thanks for watching. Hopefully that was uh, helpful for you guys, and we'll see you next week. Uh, yeah, you will. And uh, catch us at the Australian Adult Industry Awards. We are hosting. Yeah. Um, I think voting would have probably by the time this airs, voting would have already closed. Okay. So, but fingers crossed for us. All right. Uh, and I mean, I don't know. Is it live streamed? I'm actually I not have sure. No idea. I have no idea. Mm. Actually, we'll don't know. But I mean, if it know. is, if it is, you guys should tune in and watch us make a fool of ourselves on <laughs> stage. Great. Uh, uh, wait, anything else that you've got coming up? Uh, oh, I'll be touring Melbourne, 9th to the 16th, and then okay. Gold Coast, 16th to the 21st. Perfect. All right. Do you have anything else coming up? No. No, that's it. Okay, All we're right. done now. Peace. See you guys. Bye bye.